what does it mean to be a man? See, this is a term which is thrown around loosely and many of us are still undecided as to what the term actually represents. Does it mean someone who's physically shredded, ripped, goes to the gym? Someone who has a lot of wealth and has a lot of money to flaunt and throw around wherever we can? Or is it someone who's able to pick up girls at the flick of a switch? What exactly does it mean to be a man? Check out our latest podcast with Brother Muhammad Hoblos and Sheikh Harun Kanj as we really try our best to get to the bottom of this. Salaamu Alaikum. You know what the ugliest thing about what does it mean to be a man? Yeah. Is I can say on a personal level is I've never seen a real man in my life. And having not seen it, it's very difficult. To Don't you think that's a bit harsh though? Well, I, I spoke about myself. Maybe you see men all the time. I think the true embodiment, like the 100% man, I think this is reserved for none other than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the perfect man. But subhanallah, I guess... What the, the scholars, they say, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is the al-insan al-kamil. Yeah. The ultimate, most supreme of human beings. And, you know, we can talk about the theory of what it means to be a man, but really the shortcut to becoming a true man is you have to spend time with real men. Once you spend you know, time with real men and you sit in their presence and you see the manifestation of what a man is, then automatically that reflects on you. And with time, those qualities that you see in them become embodied in you. So where do you find these true men? Because Hoblos was saying he's struggling to find yeah. you know, men like, I would love to just sit at the feet of you know, someone great. You know, can I ask? I mean, I'm sure you've met lots of people in your life, yeah. right? Some of them are, are close, relatives, others are friends and teachers. There are many great people, there's no doubt. There's great people that have great qualities, no doubt. But I was saying this to someone the other day. When was the last time you were with someone who you didn't want to leave his presence? Like how many times can you honestly say that in your life, that I was with someone and I didn't want to leave? It's very rare. It's very rare. You know, like I can honestly count on one hand in my entire life, people who when I'm around them, by Allah, I don't want to open my mouth. I don't want to talk. You have that awe, I think. Well, no, it's not just awe. I feel secure around them. I feel safe around them. I feel enlightened around them. I feel that I can go anywhere with these people. And these are guys who, mind you, they're not complete, but they're very close. So now imagine, imagine how a child would feel around this person. Imagine how a spouse would feel around this well, person. Special. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. Like, to feel like they never ever belittle me or make me feel inferior or make me, or even when I slip in front of them, it's never a moment for him to sort of uh, take <laughs> advantage, right? Or, or, you know, yeah, or to yeah. flex his. And. By Allah, they don't even need to ask for it, but they already have authority over me. Yeah, that respect. You know, it's this. Yeah. 
it's a unique yeah. thing. So it, it takes a lot of hard work. And I guess mm. to have that haiba, I guess we can call it haiba, that aura that surrounds you, that respect, you know, it's, it's something we all strive to attain. Like me personally, I, I would admit I'm still learning. You mm. know, I'm a, I'm a new father. I'm, I'm a husband and I'm still struggling. Like, how can I develop myself to be the best man I can possibly be? And it's a long road. But you just have these fragments, you know, from the Prophet Sallallahu life that you want to implement into your life. You want to be someone of, of strength, of courage, of bravery, you know, be a person who can hold that house down. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something I personally, I want to know what's the path. But I guess we just have to keep going. Sorry, can I just, yeah. I believe it's something we have to talk about. Mm. And I don't just mean you know, like in the sense of a khutbah or maybe like as a podcast, this is a genuine problem and we need to talk about it because when you talk about something, it becomes current, it's on your mind, you become conscious about mm. it. Like one of the problems that I see for myself and for the youth growing up, really for the whole world, is what does a man even look like? Yeah. Do you know lost. what I mean? We're like, odds. We don't know what to do. Yeah. So, so now, generally, right, Muslim or non-Muslim, if you were to ask them, you know, what does it mean to be a man? And unfortunately, none of the characteristics that they'll give you are based on values and principles. It's based on an external factor. So, for instance, we have this understand. Again, I know I'm generalizing, but you know that a man is wealthy. That contradicts my very, like my very creed, my faith. Because if Allah has destined that someone was not to be wealthy, so has Allah robbed that person of manhood? Mm -mm -mm. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. Um, for instance, that a man is physically strong, right? Or that he knows how to... So now we have this phenomena now, right? With... with Gym, fighting, like gym everyone and wants martial to get into arts it. and yeah. all the other stuff, right? Um, yeah, so it's great. I mean, it's great to be healthy and it's great to be, you know, and it's great to have self-defense. But there's this notion that if I know how to physically fight, that that makes me a man. Again, I feel that that questions our very faith. When Allah Azza wa Jal questioned the companions in the Quran and said to them, your, your, your victory doesn't come because of your ability to mm -hmm. fight. It wasn't your numbers that was giving you victory. Battle of Hunayn, yeah. Right? No, it was, you know, and even the Prophet wasallam, who we were speaking about earlier and was saying that Allah had given him the best of everything, who did have yani, lots of strength. Some narrations say he had the strength of 40 men and so on and so forth. Yet that was the same man who on a daily basis his supplication and dua to Allah was always la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah that's right man you know so so for me it's like you know like i watch tv i'm watching a movie and they're trying to display to me what a man is and how but then i come and i look you know and you read quran or you read stories of the it's you're like, at odds yeah at so odds. there's this challenge yeah like who was it? I think it was Abdullah bin Mas'ud. He climbs the, the tree and they start laughing at his shins. The Sahaba laughed at his yeah. shins. But the Prophet said, his shins are like the weight of Uhud. Like this is yeah. a man and despite his stature, this is a man of, of supreme strength. And at the end of the day, not all Sahaba were like physically, 
you know, mm -hmm. they had this strong, massive physique. Some of them, you know, they might have been small in stature, but at the end of the day, when it comes to their manhood, you wouldn't question it for a second because these people embodied everything it meant to be a man. And even the Prophet ﷺ on that point of fighting, you know, personally me, I think it's important. Muslims should know how to fight, especially in this climate that we live in. We need to be people that know how to defend ourselves, whatever. But at the end of the day, the Prophet ﷺ, when it comes to fighting, he says, He says, the, the strong man is not the one who knows how to fight. It's the one when he's hit or overcome by anger, he can, he can calm it down, he can settle it. He can still be at that point of focus where he's not you know, losing his cool every two seconds, and, which is funny because people on steroids, they might be physically strong, but everyone knows about roid rage, right? Yeah. You, go, well, <laughs> you flip mm -hmm. it. But you know, you know, honestly, Kamal, even in that example, mm. right? So the Prophet ﷺ had the best of strength. Yeah. And we're thinking in this climate, we need to be strong. Okay, why in this climate? Asbab, asbab, Sheikh, tell you. Fine, no, no, no. <laughs> but Sheikh, what I'm trying to get at is why in this climate? Why? Because there's Islamophobia. The Prophet ﷺ went through the greatest Islamophobia in the history of humanity, right? Yeah. And yet, tell me one time when the Prophet ﷺ was violent towards any human being outside of war. I mean, yeah. even the most even the most used example of when he of when he when that wrestler and he challenged him and Rukana. yeah, but that was a that was a that was a peaceful um, contract between two That's people, right, yeah. and that yeah. where the yeah. prophet simply wanted to display yeah. that look, don't be fooled with right. So again, it's like even this very concept of you know because now I see guys at the gym or you know brother, I need to be ready for the call. It's like brother. we're so. <laughs> There's this paranoia that soon at five o'clock in the morning I'm gonna have to take seven men in front of my house, and it's like you know, yeah. yeah but brother, I need to be ready. Like, give me, give me one example. That's right. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So when you look at the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, holistically, hundred percent, right? Holistically, you know, yes, was there shrunk? So there's this thing about, you know, look, put it in this, yani. Uh, put it in this type of uh, scenario. You have the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu known to be the strongest. Uh, the, like you mentioned, there's a narration of uh, Sayyidina Anas bin Malik. He says that we used to say that Rasulullah Sallallahu has the strength of 30 men. So undoubtedly, you can't even match him to anyone. Even Sayyidina Umar, the famous Sahabi Sayyidina Umar, he's known for his strength and his uh, yani, uh, uh, speaking the truth. When he ex the story of when he accepts Islam, he comes to Dar al-Arqam bin Abi al-Arqam. The narration actually mentions that Rasulullah took him by his shoulders and he shook him just once. From that one shake, Sayyidina Umar anhu, the mounted that he was, he forced to his knees. So you can understand how much strength Rasulullah had. Wait, could I just verify something with you? I heard one narration, I heard that Umar al Khattab's arms were the size of thighs, like the average thigh. He was known, yeah, like he, he was, was known massive. to be very, yeah. 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 But you know, on that, I don't believe yeah. stuff I think like that literally. Strong I think it's, um, I think the Arab would do that. Maybe, yeah. To sort Praise. of, yeah, and it's like saying the guy's like a lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. not literally a lion, but uh, you know, it's like an yeah. example of. To put it in comparison, and a very strong man. With that, say for example, the uh, scenario where the Prophet Ali wasalam, is just, you know, walking by <coughs> and Abu Jahl, this cursed man, he comes to the Prophet ﷺ, he spits in his face, he accuses him yani, uh, of being this and that and that. Um, on other occasions, he, he chokes him, 
and things like that. And there's no response from the Prophet ﷺ. He just lets it, lets it be. Seeing that, you know, he can, it's, not, it's not that big of a deal. I've got a greater mission in mind. I've got something that's, you know, that I'm work, that's greater that I'm working towards. Let it be. Even if I'm humiliated by this man, it's for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know. And he, you know, he, he doesn't make it into a, uh, uh, a, a bigger scenario than what it is, you know. I actually wanted to draw something from that point. To have the ability to overlook, to have the ability to forgive, the amount of strength that requires like mental strength like no other, to have that ability to forgive, look over, wallahi, it's so hard. Especially it's when so difficult. we have a misconception also, misunderstanding, that in the back of my mind, you know, if, if I'm not able to take this guy on, I'll just, you know, this applies when you have the upper hand. Mm -mm. Like the Prophet ﷺ, he has the upper hand over Definitely the whole of Ahl Mecca. Yeah. He comes, he conquers Mecca, and now he, the power is in his hand. What does he do? He applies this يعني, on the ground. And yeah. if he gives them for the wrong that they've done and the abuse that the, you know, they waged against, against him and his companions. That's a big that's the, that's, you know, a that's when you know that this guy is a real man. You know, he's right. a man like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted him to be in, from the Quran al-Karim. Yeah. I remember Hoblos, he said once in a talk, he said, you only be a man on the person you know that can't do anything yeah, back absolutely. to you. <laughs> but you know, like how much do you see that today? Yeah. How much do you see that the today? The guy's got no cousins, he's got no contact, خلاص, finish right? him. Like, not even, even sometimes in the household, you know? Yeah. When yeah, is he a real man? Oh, Only in the household, yeah. you know? Yeah. A real man is, يعني, his, يعني, his wife doesn't raise his voice against him. She doesn't dare to step out of line. This is what it <laughs> means to be shocking, a true man. Yeah. Yeah. But if you compare that to the life of the Prophet والسلام, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in. I'll mention uh, one example, actually, it's come in uh, authentic hadith. Sayyidina Abu Bakr anhu comes to visit his daughter Aisha, who is the wife of the Prophet And he overhears her, he hasn't entered the house, he overhears her raising her voice at Rasulullah So he enters and straight away he just wants to, you know, fish as they say. Line, he wants to put things in line, he goes to smack her. You know, how is she, my daughter, raising her voice against Rasulullah So he steps in, Rasulullah says, you know, don't worry, Abu Bakr. Things are, you know, it's under control. And then Sayyidina Abu Bakr leaves in an angry manner. So the Prophet ﷺ, he says to his wife, you know, uh, how did you find me when I saved you from that man? <laughs> you know, so things came down. A few days later, Rasul, uh, Abu Bakr returns once again. And this time he finds that Rasulullah and Aisha radiallahu anha, they had yani, put their differences aside and they were sitting down calmly. So what does Abu Bakr radiallahu say? He says, Ya Rasulullah, uh, enter me into your peace treaty just like he entered me into your war. Uh. <laughs> so so Rasulullah says, we have done so. What you understand oh, is yani, physical strength, like we mentioned, there's no comparison. You can't compare anyone with the Prophet But in the household, you find that he was a gentleman, that he didn't make a big deal out of everything that takes place in the household. Not every, you know, like they say, not every uh, battle needs to be won. You know, it's good sometimes to lose a few battles for the greater cause. <laughs> see, I, I, I see as well, I see that, um, like when I go to high schools, I see young, young boys, they look at you with eyes that, you know, nobody doesn't not want to be a man. 
right? Yeah. No, no boy does, you know, because when we think men, we think of an honorable thing, we think of respect, we think of, uh, uh, right? So no one wants to not be taken seriously. Nobody doesn't. But when we start putting manhood or manhood qualities in things that are out of reach, you destroy. Yeah. You destroy communities. You've you made destroy it so nations. Yeah. Right? So now, um, whereas really the reality is to be a man, it's within. It's values. It's principles. And that's, I would love to start restoring this. Straight up. Because this isn't just a Muslim problem. It's an epidemic wherever you go around the world. True. Right? So for me, when I think manhood, and that's why, you know, I struggle. Like I see my own flaws. And I think, man, you know, uh, um, just before when you were asking um, one word to embody manhood, I think responsibility. That's straight out, man. You know, responsibility. Honesty and truthfulness, which is goes back to Qawiyu and Amin. Yeah, that that that, right? And 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 I believe that we need to resurrect man and everything that surrounds man and the responsibilities of man, and honoring man, because when the man is right, then I believe everything else can feed off him. Yeah. I guess from what you're saying, definitely we need to uphold the principles yeah, of, of course, what it absolutely. means to be a man, whether it's honesty, integrity, trustworthiness. But you said something really important, which you said was responsibility. Yeah. And I feel like responsibility is one of the most important characteristics to me personally, at least from what I've experienced, of what it means to be a man, someone who upholds this responsibility. And primarily, I'm speaking about the responsibility in the family. I feel like if this is taken away, then 100% hands down, we'll have the whole society crumbling as you were saying before. If these principles aren't upheld, it will crumble. And I feel like responsibility in the home is one of the most undervalued principles of what it means to be a man. Because if he embodies this responsibility, the family structure will be held up. And I'm not trying to you know, downplay the role of the mother 100%. She has a great role, the children, great role, but the father, when he steps up, you know, that's something which we should never, ever take it for granted. And, you know, Sheikh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he speaks about, you know, there's this um, characteristic of qawwama. Now, this is something which has been played with and, and people want to, you know, uh, tweak, distort and just, you know, try to get Even, a true definition yeah. of what it is. So, you know, yeah. what can we say it truly is? One of the most famous ahadith that people sort of share around and things like that. In regards to marriage, mm. and everyone knows it, that marriage completes your deen. Your deen. If you're to ask yourself 50%. why, what is, what is the reason that the Prophet ﷺ said that? It goes back to what you were mentioning, responsibility. Because when one is single, there's not much responsibilities on his shoulders. You know, you can easily get by in life. But once he gets married, and with that marriage, Islamically speaking, so much responsibilities come with it. That's, you know, if, he, if he mans up, and he's able to fulfill those responsibilities, then yes, he has completed his deen. Because deen, yani religion in general, the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's all about responsibility. It all goes back to that amana that's been placed on your shoulders, that trust to apply 
and to spread the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, that in itself is the greatest responsibility, you know. And uh, like you mentioned, the, the Quran al-Karim speaks about how men are guardians, protectors of women. This also has to do with responsibility. The, the success and the failure of a marriage most of the times has to do with how the man is, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed it in the fitrah of a woman to be affected by the nature of her husband. If he's an upright person, then usually that woman is upright. There's always obviously exceptions to that rule. But if he's a corrupt person, that, that becomes a corrupt uh, has that family influence. also. You know? He has that influence. Yeah. And uh, the, Quran is, uh, the, the Quran is very clear on this. And also the many ahadith being given on this. Yani, uh, a, a big problem that we suffer worldwide, in Australia especially, regards to domestic violence, um, uh, uh, yani neglect of children, neglect of uh, spouses and things like this. The Prophet ﷺ actually warned us about such things. You know, He's taught us through his life and through his words what it meant to be a man and he also taught us on the other hand what it, it, it means or what it does not mean to be a man. One of them is the one that's, you know, like a tyrant in his home. SubhanAllah. He says to his sahaba, because at the time of the it's a long story, but at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, some of the, uh, some of the wives of the companions came to his wives, complaining that their husbands were being too physical. So Rasulullah ﷺ gets ear of this from his wives. He becomes very angry. He ascends the pulpit and his companions are before him, and he makes his yani, famous remark, خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ that the best of you are those that are best to their families. And he says, also within the, uh, the advice that he gives to his companions, he says that they are not the best of you. Those that are physical with their, uh, in Physically their households. Violent, yeah, yeah. Fi physical and violent in their households, they are not the best of you. And he says, it may be that one of you is physical with his spouse, and then towards the end of the day or the night, he wants to sleep with her. And it doesn't, it doesn't make logical sense that you act like this. That this is your spouse, this is your wife, this is the person that you are sharing your life with, that you're rough and tough with her, and then towards the end of the day or the end of the night, you want to snuggle up and you expect her to give you any, uh, your right, and you know, the malaika are gonna curse you if you're right, and things like this, you know. And also, neglect in regards to neglect, the Prophet ﷺ, he says that it is enough of a sin to destroy a person. That it is enough, yani if a person had no other sin on the Day of Judgment but this sin, it will be enough for his destruction. What is that sin? That he forsakes or he neglects those that are dependent upon him. SubhanAllah. Yani that, uh, that, uh, those that depend on him, it encompasses his wife, first of all, and his children also, and all of his relatives that are dependent on him also. So you can see that the Prophet ﷺ Defined what it meant to be a man, and also on the other hand, he defined what it is not to be a man. It's crazy. You've got, you know, the end, one end of the spectrum, which is your physical abuse, the physical violence, and the other end of the spectrum is someone who's neglectful towards their children, neglectful towards their wives. Yeah. And subhanAllah, today's society, both of these are rampant. You yeah. know, in today's society. Fine, of course, you guys all know, we all know, yani, friends of ours or people that we know. The guy, yani, he works, for example, normal job. Comes home, doesn't even spend half an hour, and he's out with his mates again. Out with his mates, playing arbaamiya, playing cards, going here, doing that, doing this. And he expects, you know, when he gets home, that his family yani, be waiting at the door and giving him yani, the, <laughs> the respect. And, that and 
it's actually quite dangerous because it goes under the disguise of, well, I mean, I'm allowed to unwind, right? I'm no. allowed to have some halal fun. Rest time. Right, which is fine. And it's definitely, it's halal and it's definitely allowed. But you find we're not doing that. Actually, we're escaping. We're running away from our responsibilities and trying to disguise it as I'm unwinding, right? So, and you find that it's it's very problematic. So just on the on the topic of responsibility, right? I feel like children are a center point when it comes to this topic of responsibility. And I feel like when it comes to our children, a true man is someone who's involved in his children's lives. Because as we're saying before that, you know, when the man doesn't step up to his responsibility, society falls. And one of the first symptoms of society falling is when the children fall. And I feel like there needs to be some sort of relationship that men embody with their children. You know, I remember Sheikh Harun, you said that famous hadith before, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he walks up to, to Hassan and, and he kisses them and then another man comes and he says, I've never kissed one of my children, I have 10 children. Yeah. But it just goes to show you that this father, you know, these are his grandchildren. He was there, he was involved. They say he would kiss Fatima radiallahu anha, his daughter, whenever he would walk into the room and see her. Right. He was involved, he had that love, he had that bond, that emotional relationship. As a man, as a father, it's something which is so crucial to uphold the family, to make sure that society as a whole functions. And I feel like this is something which we need to stress, emphasize as a society. For men and me, I'm a, I'm a new father, I'm, I'm quick to talk. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know that this is going to be something, a, a challenge. I know, Hoblos, mashallah, you've got a massive family, tabarakallah. See how you <laughs> went like that, Shaykh? <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, you're, you're probably more suitable to speak on this, but it's something which is so crucial and something we should never undermine. To be there present physically, but also emotionally. You know, the Prophet وسلم, he would have that emotional bond with his children, which is something we should never undermine. And on that topic of emotion, I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this concept of the man today, it's someone who can't express his emotion. And we see that, you know, every single day. He has to be bad. He has to be bad. He has to be harsh. He has to be emotionless. He has to be cold, yeah. yeah. And actually the man... The man is the one that would carry and deal with emotion the best. And you find that even the Prophet ﷺ, and there are many examples of companions who, you know, that when it was time to smile, they would smile. And when the Prophet ﷺ was angered, it was physically apparent. visible, yeah, like it was apparent, you know. And when they were emotional, they would shed tears. That's right, man. Right? So, and it never took away. In fact, it only enhanced their manhood. It didn't, it didn't take anything away from it. You know, as human beings now, forget men. As human beings, we're designed like this. We have emotions and we have a physical, um, a physical channel of showing this emotion. That's right. And I think on the downside, if we look at it on the other hand, it's that 
when you suppress this emotion, like this is in our fitrah, Allah it's made us people who have this emotion. Very problematic. The Prophet he cried. When his son died, he cried. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the man who had the most patience, but at the same time, he was, you know, he was affected. He had that emotion. And he goes, this is rahmah. When he was asked, what is this? He goes, this is rahmah. This is mercy. And it's something we should never suppress. Don't think that by suppressing your emotions, you're more of a man. You're actually harming yourself, like study so. You know, Sheikh, it's not just with manhood. You find that even, even many young brothers, when they come on to deen, we take on this sort of funny persona. persona of that now because I'm religious, therefore I have to always be serious, right? Um, I frown more than I smile. Um, you know, that my demeanor has to be a certain way. And thinking that this is what the expectation is. Whereas actually, re in reality, it's quite contradicting to how the Prophet ﷺ was. He was always hospitable, always. You know, you always felt like I can be with him, I can be in his presence, I can ask him, oh. right? Like you never feed this. And it's unfortunate because, you know, our women, even with their husbands, they're afraid. You know, I can't talk to him. I can't show him my emotion. How is he going to interpret this? How, right? It's just, it's this, and it, and it snowballs. And it snowballs. And because, you know, if I can't express my emotion, if I can't, then unfortunately people are going to other means. It will eventually come out one way or another. Yeah. Like your, your mate. It has so to. Whether it's it through depression, to. loneliness, anxiety, it's going to come out in one form or another. But you need to be able to, have those emotions, but at the same time, channel them in the right way. And the Prophet wasallam, he was a man who, who expressed emotion himself, but at the same time, he was able to understand the emotions of others. You know, we would see that he walks up to the, the child, the brother of Anas bin Malik, Abu Umair, he says, you know, he sees the, the child who's saddened by the, the death of his sparrow. Yeah. He goes to cheer him up. And he's, this doesn't take away from your manhood. The Prophet ﷺ, If anything, yeah. it actually, it, like it enhances. Wallah, I feel like it adds. And you know what? You know, it's, it's those little things that a man does in his life that whether he realizes it or not, it has a, yani, a huge effect, a positive effect on that young child or on that person. You know, uh, Umaid here, uh, although he, yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not write that he lives on, but you can imagine if he were to live on and become an old man, he would have 100% he would have related that story. You know, that when I was a young man, I remember that Rasulullah cheered me up because, you know. So, yani, how we express ourselves, our emotions, and also how we allow others to express their emotions with us also, especially our family members, is very important. You know, it's very important that your children especially feel safe to express themselves to you. Because if they don't express themselves to you, then 100% they're going to express themselves to yeah. someone else. You know, like they say, if you don't give your time, your kid time, then your kids will give other people time. Wow. You know? SubhanAllah. It's being that accessible human being. And even I remember, Sheikh, you, you taught me this. The Prophet ﷺ, he'll walk in Medina and a little girl will take him by the hand and walk him around. Now, I don't know about you guys, but to anyone else, they'll be, oh, I'll never be seen and you know, know, being I'm led by a little about girl. Sheikh al-Islam yeah. or the, the Qadi al-Qut. This is Rasulullah Sallallahu <laughs> Under him is the control of the whole Medina. You know? and, but his humbleness, his gentleness, his accessibility was like this. You know, Bil-Mu'minina, Ra'ufur Rahim. You know, and, and 
I think, uh, um, I think, like for me, I openly confess that I struggle. Yeah, I'll I join you. Oh, 100% join you, know, you. Like by Allah, it's not easy. It is not easy. And I think in helping men, you know, like how can we help in, um, in promoting men is confession that it's not easy. It is a tough job. By Allah, it's not easy. I struggle. I struggle with my family. I struggle with my wife. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I, don't, I don't mean... But because we are limited. And we do have... Um, you know, we it's have tough. Weaknesses. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. It's tough. And we need to be supporting one another. Like now we live in a world where as a man, I can't seek help. Because then that makes me unmanly. Right? Marriages are breaking. Brother, why don't you go see, you know, like a pious, God-fearing marriage counsellor? Your, your masculinity comes into question. And again, it's embarrassing. And again, that questions the very creed of this faith. Allah Azza wa Jal says, and ask those people of knowledge if you do not know. That humility. No, but we only we only interpret that verse as in. You know, I have a halal haram question. Therefore, ask the man of knowledge. Go ask the sheikh. No, this is in all aspects of life. Yeah. You know, if I want to sell my house, I don't go speak to a hairdresser about the matter, right? No, yeah. So, so you know, it is tough and it is a challenge. But I believe together as a community, if we keep talking about this problem that we have, and we're conscious about resurrecting manhood and empowering our men and our young boys to become men right it's you know it's okay by allah it's okay it's praiseworthy it's 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 the future at the end to of raise the day. your hand and say look brother but again unfortunately we have this contradicting community where it's like stigma you know subhanallah sheikh i had this incident right um we all want our kids to be truthful and we want our kids to be trustworthy. And we want our kids to be um, you know, entrusted that if they are entrusted that they don't break that trust, right? But then we do, we do contradicting things with our children. Tell me what happened. Oh, but mum, it was a secret. No, but you have to tell me. Yeah, but we're also teaching the child to keep and protect the secret. So, you know, I mean, I had a particular situation where my wife said to me, okay, so what do you want to do? You know, your child is holding information that is a secret and that they won't let us know. And we need to know because as a parent, I need to... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but now you're, you know, we're confusing this child. And subhanAllah, there's a very similar incident when it was Anas radiallahu anhu when his mother gave him a job to do, so he left. When he left the house, he was intercepted by the Prophet ﷺ, who told him to go do something for him. So he went, did what... Anyway, basically he came home very late. So his mother was worried. I said to him, Anas, where were you? So he says to her, you know, mother, the Prophet gave me a job to do. So she said to him, what did he want you to do? He said to her, I can't tell you, it's a secret. <laughs> wow. Now, if that's our mother's... Right? Like, tell me. 
What do you mean? And I'm your mother, and I'm uh, right. And either he's going to be punished or he's going to be. No, actually, what she did was, she praised her child, and said, "Yes, good on you, Anas. Protect the secret of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi That's so beautiful, man. And I feel like moving forward, like for me personally, I feel like there's just so much to absorb. And I do admit I am struggling. It's a challenge myself, you know, you know, in my own home, in my family, in the community, just to be this best man I could possibly be. It's a challenge. It's a struggle. But I feel like, you know, I do see the future promising. I feel like as long as we're having these conversations. Look, we were there, Kamel. Mm. We were there at one stage in history. And I believe it can come back. We, we make dua. Maybe closing dua by Sheikh Harun. <laughs> well, I would end with the, the million dollar question will come out from this is how do I work on becoming more of a man? What's the procedure? And what I mean is a man in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I would say first and foremost that I connect myself to the Quran al-Kareem and I start to take the words of Allah seriously. Especially, look, the Qur'an al-Kareem is a remarkable book. Whatever you have in mind, if you read the Qur'an al-Kareem with that question that's, that you've got in your mind, you'll find the answer in the Qur'an al-Kareem. Not once, not twice, tens and tens of times. So, connect yourself with the, uh, with the Qur'an. Now, and it is only a few months left before Ramadan enters. Prepare yourself before the month of Ramadan. Reconnect yourself to the Qur'an al-Kareem. And keep your, in mind that I want to know what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have to say about men. And read the Qur'an and take it seriously. When you come across a, a verse that mentions a certain description, characteristic of what a man is, try and apply that in your life. Try and find how this was manifest in the Prophet And also keep good company. Keep company with people that you see are trying their best to be men. You know, Allahu A'lam. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us to that which is most pleasing to him subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka so i really hope you enjoyed that podcast i know there was so much more that needed to be said and there was only so much we can cover in a short time and even within myself i really wanted to share so much more but i guess in a future podcast um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found benefit in the podcast. And lastly, if you do have any suggestions, comments or questions, please leave them in the comments below. We would love to have you guys involved. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you.